Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Politics Under the Microscope. I'm one of your co-hosts, Nina. So at this point, you've heard a couple of different episodes going through our mental health series and probably a couple of recaps that we call Pet and Ponders. This will be the last one in the series. And in this one, we want to tackle a very specific question relative to the notion of science and some of the difficulties that could be inherent or systemic within it. I'm going to hand it over to Ellie. Hi, everyone. My name is Ellie. I am a second year graduate student studying cancer at Rockefeller. And the question that we are super interested in tackling with you guys today, that is really a wrap, uh, a recap on our interview with Hassan um, that will complement this episode, is whether or not mental health challenges in STEM are due to systemic factors or really due to the inherent nature of, of science. Hi, I'm um, Joanna, and I am a third year grad student at Rockefeller, also studying cancer biology. And this is Naira. I'm a graduate student at Weill Cornell studying pharmacology. I think it's both. Um, I think science is inherently hard. And so naturally, you have these like struggles that you're going to face when, you know, your project is not working the way it should be, or, um, you know, you and your PI may not uh, always be on the same page about the direction that, you know, you're taking. So I think that's inherent to science in itself. But I think um, systemic issues in academia really exacerbate it. Yeah, I agree with you, Joanna, in the sense that I think I think science is inherently difficult and that's the root cause of of mental health struggles, but systemic factors really just add on to that. It just exacerbates that root cause. Um, and I think if we think about science, you're discovering something that's unknown. Like that in itself is like a plight, essentially, where it's, it's just, it's a very challenging environment it's a very challenging career path and I think if you took away systemic factors right if you like like all the things that Hassan mentions where you make the system better I think there will still be problems uh, mental health struggles in STEM like it will happen irrespective of the system Myra is literally pipetting <laughs> What a vibe. That is that is life when you are me. Um, so my thoughts on this, right? Um, I think, first of all, when we say, like, systemic problems in science, what we mean when we say about that is a lot of different factors. First of all, just the expectation about what you should be putting in to actually get your degree done. That's one thing on its own. And it's not like the expectation of any other job where you're a nine to five. Um, there's a lot of people I know, and there's a lot of labs I've seen where people are like, yeah, you know, it could be a nine to five if you really want it to. Um, but the reality is when you're starting out like we are, it's just not. It's, it's really not. It could be a nine to five when you're like an older grad student and you're more experienced and you know how to manage your time. But I think the challenge comes in when you're just balancing all of these expectations, you know, and this 
never-ending like infinity pool of ideas and experiments and questions that you have to answer that are branching out from the main hypotheses of your project. So that's like very one aspect of just that's what it means to do science. Um, and then other things when we say systemic issues, um, the lack of diversity uh, and and inclusion, not just sort of in institutions as a whole, but between and within labs, if you are different, you feel like you don't fit into the culture, you can't connect that well with your lab members, um, and then it might actually impact your professional relationship. Sometimes it doesn't have to, and people let it impact their relationship with their lab mates, but sometimes you just can't control it. Um, and it makes life difficult. It makes going to work difficult every day. But like, so all of that was like the systemic stuff. Um, but on the other hand, I think the nature of what we do and the fact that we deal with uncertainty every single day, it makes us very resilient people. It makes us into very strong people when we come out the other end. Um, but it also makes it very hard to stay. Um, and really the most profound thing I've discovered is that like, if you look at all of the factors that would impact your mental health as a scientist or as a student that's doing grad school in general, and you think about the meaning that you're assigning to that, maybe you're making it mean something about yourself or about your success or um, just about the people around you. If you decide or if you find out that like those meanings that you're giving things is an absolute choice and it's you're the one that's giving it that meaning and it actually means nothing, <laughs> it makes things a lot easier. It's like your experiment didn't work, so <laughs> what does it mean? It actually doesn't mean anything. If you think about it, you're giving it, you're letting, you know, your mind interpret it as, oh, it means I'm not going to be a good scientist or I'm not going to graduate on time or X, Y, Z. But all of that comes from you. Like you get to define that. Um, so one final thought is science is constantly a process of redefining reality. Uh, that's the why we do experiments. Um, and I think if we start applying that to the problems that come with doing science itself, <laughs> we might end up feeling much better. Never know. But those are my two cents. Can I go back to the nine to five thing? Like, even, forget I, about I your wanted PI. to go. I wanted to go back to that as well too. For, forget about your PI. Forget about your lab members. Pretend you're just doing science in your own like little lab space. You have no social pressure nothing going on. Could you do everything you wanted to do experiment-wise in a nine-to-five schedule? I could not. Like, I have to check my live imaging. For example, my live imaging yeah, goes okay. on for 12 hours. I'm not going to be, I don't have to be there for 12 hours. I could, I can just set up and then I have to check it in three hours and I have to check it again a couple, in a couple hours later. And so, like, I come in at, like, 11 to check, 11 p.m. to check on it. And it's, it's okay. Like, I don't think that's a problem because that's just how the live imaging experiment goes. Like, I don't know. Maybe I have, like, I'm just crazy. But, like, no, no, no. I think this nine to five thing is is not due to 
like not feeling like you're able to work a nine to five is not due to your PI, in my opinion. Like you may feel pressured to stay later in lab. You may feel guilty leaving lab at a reasonable time. But for me, like I don't work a nine to five, not because of those pressures, but because that's just the nature of my work, which is why I'm very much in the inherent science is inherently difficult camp. So I, I kind of agree. Um, for me, I don't work a nine to five, but I would say if you were to add up my random hours throughout the day, it would probably be like eight to 10 hours a day, but it's not nine to five, right? It's like what Ellie says. It's like, oh, like I'll stop by lab to set something up and then leave for a while and come back and check. And so cumulatively, it's like, I feel like it's still like, like the number like the same number of hours as like maybe other jobs, but like the timing is like totally based on your experiments. And another thing I wanted to say is like, sure, you can try to make it like nine to five, but, um, but the inherent nature of the work is, is that even when you're not doing experiments, even when you're not in lab and not setting things up, I just think like you're constantly thinking about like lab you're constantly thinking about your science you're constantly thinking about lab and so even if you do only work 40 to 50, 40 hours a week let's say you're not really working 40 hours a week you're working 40 hours a week plus the time that you're thinking about your science when you're showering or when you're like falling asleep or when you're like trying to jot down ideas before you go to bed like it's just like I think it kind of like consumes you and but is that systemic or is that inherent to science? I think I think it might be a little bit of both because uh, it's inherent to science because you need to be like committed to your work to like do a good job. But then there's the expectation to be like committed to your work. And so people will kind of expect that kind of mentality. Like I think some, especially some, some scientists, like everybody's different, but there's a lot of people who are very, very like married to their science. And if it works for them, that's great. But I think for a lot of people, they're trying to live up to that expectation of like being married to their science so that it like, I don't know, so that they don't get looked down upon by certain people or whatever. I think like it just goes back to what I said before in the beginning. I think it's like a both issue. Like, yes, like part of doing the scientific work is like constantly being like engaged in your work but then there's also this like peer pressure that comes from other scientists around you um at least that's how I feel honestly dude I feel like it's neither especially this aspect I think it's purely your choice it's like okay naturally Everyone is different though. Naturally, there are some people that let their work consume their thoughts. And it's like in the moment you choose, do I even want to think about this right now? And it's up to you to set those boundaries. So it's maybe <clears throat> a lot of what, you know, contributes to these like poor mental health outcomes, especially you know, in our demographic as grad students, maybe a lot of it is like, are we aware that we're making choices about how to feel, how to act, 
you know, and, and, and keeping that balance. But just about like that aspect, there's a lot of things about science that are not a choice. But if you see them as a choice, it's not a burden. You're not trapped by it. I think it's a skill to learn, though. I think it takes a lot of time and experience for a lot of people to learn that it is their choice to feel that way. I feel like I wasn't able to do that kind of thing until I went into therapy. Like it was just something I had to like build up over time. So I think being married to your science isn't inherently a scientific thing. Like, I, I think there are people married to their work that are in law, that are in finance. You know? Oh, yeah, like, that's true. So it's <laughs> I like, forgot about them. It's like a very, I feel like it's also personality driven, like Naira yeah. was saying, where it maybe it is a choice. But I also think there is a degree of systemic problems, which I don't know of our problems per se. I think this is just how the world works. But like, if you want to be a PI, you need to get papers, right? And in order to get papers, you have to make discoveries. And in order to make discoveries, you have to do experiments. And in order to do experiments, you have to be in lab for a while. Like, I I think that is the way things work. And I think maybe Hassan challenged us to think about it a little bit differently. Um, but I think marriage to science is not an inherently scientific thing. I think it's like, if you're really passionate about science, you're right, Joanna, I think about my cell competition experiments in the shower like that's very common um but i don't like dislike that i I don't know if i'm on vacation i can compartmentalize where it's like i'm not thinking about science anymore but if if i'm going around my like daily life i think about science because i i'm like kind of a workaholic and i'm okay with that that makes sense that makes sense i think so for me personally I do the same thing and I like that up until I feel like burnt out. And then I have to, you know, take a little mini vacation where I completely like don't think about science for like a whole weekend. Um, But burnout isn't inherent to science either, right? Like that's true. So maybe it's just like maybe a lot of issues that we have in science are just issues that happen with very high pressure, high performance jobs in general. And like, are we going to go into the systemic factors, you know, of every other institution, field, career path? Like I... Oh, they all have their own problems, Yes, they all have their own problems. Probably a lot of their problems are very common to (laughs) problems like just in general. Yeah. The problems that like we have. Um, I mean, I think it's worth stating that it's sort of like a what came first, the chicken or the egg kind of thing, right? Like it's hard to determine if everything is systemic or if it's inherent to something because it's worth pointing out that some of these same disadvantages or issues exist in other fields that happen to be competitive. Um, And it's worth stating that none of us can compare any field that we're talking about, science included, to what it was 100 years ago or 150 years ago, right? So it's worth stating that some of what you're experiencing now or like what I experienced in undergrad that might be inherent to it simply because of, say, expectations that were set that just nobody challenged, right? We talk about Darwin and him being married to his work, but it's like there weren't tons of scientists. He could just like go out to the Galapagos for like a couple months and say, hey, guys, I'm just going to go do work. Like, you know, we think about that, even though it was really foundational, like what kind of bar does that set? If you want to be as good as this guy, right? Like what happens? Like I honestly made the mistake of doing that at work right? Where I said, you know, I want to be as good as this coworker is. And like that coworker literally has the highest volume of work. Um, 
And so now I'm like assisting him and guys, it is certainly something. So, you know, I think it's like one of those things we sometimes accidentally put these sorts of expectations on ourselves because we want to be the best, right? And so I don't think it starts with us. Like it probably started with somebody else who saw what Darwin did and said, oh my God, I have to do that or I have to be even better, right? And so years and years later, you have decades of this happening in science and decades of this happening in different fields. Like, of course, you're going to ultimately end up with the kind of culture you may have today, right? Where it is one of those things where nine to five is not expected in certain fields, right? Like the idea is if you want to be the best at your craft, you're putting in extra hours or the hours shouldn't matter. And to some degree, if you really enjoy it, the hours shouldn't matter. Um, but I think that also makes it much harder to figure out if something is systemic or if it is just inherent to something because we don't have a comparator kind of before the point in which we start or at least in the modern age anyway. Um, but I think you guys have made some really good points about tackling it from a systemic issue and sort of like, what are these factors and how do they look? And then looking at it from an inherent issue, what are these factors? How do they look? How do we define that in science versus another field? If this exists in another field, how do we quantify that? Um, what does burnout look like whenever we're thinking about it in the context of both of these? And I think that they're really important thoughts to have going forward. And maybe we're not going to have an answer. Actually, we don't have an answer. And I think that's okay. And maybe nobody will have an answer anytime soon. But there's certainly things that I think societally we should think about. And in thinking about maybe the axes on which these converge and the different ways in which they impact people and how they can impact people, by thinking about all of that, maybe we can think about ways to tackle it, as Naira was kind of hinting at earlier. Perfect. And on that note, that wraps up our third installment of our mental health series. Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been Politics Under the Microscope. Thank you.